Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast. I am your host, Eric Lundberg. I am a proud pastor, a proud parent, a proud business owner, and a proud American. Here at the Courageous Truth Podcast, we strive to live courageously through the lens of scripture and build courageous lives in a world that is driven by fear. Tune in today for your dose of Courageous Truth. Have you heard about Glory Apparel? They are a quality clothing line with a mission. They are family owned and operated right here in the great Pacific Northwest. In fact, I'm wearing my Glory Apparel products right now and I love it. The printing and stitching is top quality. The comfort cannot be beat and it is not faded after many washes and many rough days on the job site. Glory Apparel is a brand with a grand mission to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to provide nations of the world with clean water and resources and critical infrastructure, impact local communities in the United States through outreaches that share the hope of the gospel and the demonstration of the love of Jesus to care packages to our homeless population and aid in the battle to fight sex trafficking and help its victims recover. And I don't know about you, but that's a brand I want to get behind. So order your Glory Apparel today, www.gloryapparelmissions.com. Again, www.gloryapparelmissions.com. The link will be in the show notes. Get your Glory Apparel today. Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast. I'm excited that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me today. We have a very important topic to discuss, and I hope it sheds some light on this issue and encourages you to do more research and look into more of what the possible outcomes of comprehensive sexual education is in your life and in your community. I live here in Washington State, and I know many of my listeners are from here. I have listeners, a few listeners on the East Coast. I even have a couple listeners in Germany. So if you're listening to this out in Germany, uh, glad that you're tuning in to this podcast, and I hope it's helping you out there as well. Comprehensive sexual education. Now, on its base, it looks harmless and it looks healthy. Now, about this time last year, there was a big push to have comprehensive sexual education repealed from the education system. Basically, this was put into law, ESSB 5395 was signed into law by Jay Inslee in the middle of the night. And in fact, there were parental warnings on the television when this thing was being discussed on the floor uh, because it was apparently too graphic for parents, but it's okay for kids. Um, But there was a big push to have this repealed. We had more than enough signatures throughout Washington State. I was extremely vocal. Many other pastors and leaders from our area were extremely vocal about having this repealed. We signed many petitions, but Despite all our best efforts and having everything we needed, it did go to a vote and it was voted down. So it is on the, it now was signed into a law and is now mandated to be taught in our public schools. So with that being said, I want to spend some time talking about it. I want to play a couple clips and hopefully shine some light onto what 
this truly is. It's sexual education, and now they've mixed in what is known as social emotional learning. And as we will uncover a little bit, a lot of what that is is just a disguise for basically prepping very young students starting in kindergarten for the indoctrination of sexual education the world's way. Okay, This uh, comprehensive sexual education was designed and created at the request of the Office of the Superintendent of Public Instruction, or OSPI. And that law, ESSB 5395, gives the authority to the OSPI to set the standards of what that curriculum needs to be. And every district in the state must conform to what those standards are. And that mandate, ESSB 5395, mandates that it be taught in every school. They will taught they mandate that there must be education about sexual orientation, gender identity, sexual consent, sexual health, etc., and that it will be it's mandated. The only curriculum schools must be in compliance to. Not math, not re- reading, not history, <clears throat> but they must be in compliance with this. And here is the interesting part that this is not funded by the state. It must be funded by each individual school district. But don't worry, there are plenty of people who would love to fund it, and we're going to get into that right now. We're going to discuss the three R's curriculum. I might mention the Flash curriculum, but we're going to talk about the three R's curriculum. It is, get this, it is partnered with None other than, you guessed it, ladies and gentlemen, Planned Parenthood. Isn't that interesting? Not funded by the state, but it can be funded and designed by Planned Parenthood. And they meet all the consenting requirements that the state lays out. Now, I'm just going to give a quick overview, and then I'm going to take a break real quick. And uh, we'll get back into this. A quick rundown of the three R's curriculum is there is going to be, you might hear a little bit of sound in the background, there is a little, there is four safe touch lessons, there is bullying and harassment lessons, there is anatomy, there's reproduction, there's puberty lessons, birth control lessons, there's eight gender lessons, and each one of these lessons is about an hour long. There is five LGBTQ lessons. There's four internet lessons. There is 12 communication lessons, which is communication about decision-making and consent. The last thing we want is our crazy state or Planned Parenthood teaching about consent. There are the rights of minors, and then there's nine other lessons. So a 79 lesson curriculum for an hour. That's 79 hours of instruction in just this three R's curriculum alone. Now that should be very alarming. And guess what? Only one lesson on pornography. 
And they start in kindergarten with what is called social emotional learning. And on its face, it does seem harmless. But if you are discerning, you will notice that there is some very disturbing things about it. And when I get back from the break, I want to take a moment and I want to look at uh, a lot of the idiosyncrasies of what this is and really expose them. I've got a couple clips from uh, two clips from two students and a clip from a woman named Lori Dills, who is the former education educator and counselor at Planned Parenthood, who is now the program supervisor of the sexual education department of OSPI. That should probably tell you enough about what you're going to be hearing. But I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. This is just a reminder to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate your support here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Your subscription helps me to know how to create greater content and better serve you, my listener. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button right now. And I'm back. And I'll, I'll tell you what, there is so much in this curriculum that I just, due to time, I'm not able to break down. But I just kind of want to do my best, and I hope it helps, just give an overview of some of the things that I have learned. Because guess what? This affects, whether you have kids in the public school system or not, this affects your community. It affects the people that you and your kids are interacting with. Now, the K through third grade curriculum is called social emotional learning. And it sounds decent, right? They talk about self awareness, social awareness, relationship skills, self management, responsible decision making. Sounds good, right? But when it's tied into a curriculum that leads them into sex the world's way, sex with a massive agenda behind it, an indoctrinating agenda behind it, you can see how those things will set up something. Now, I'm going to read a couple quotes from those, and, and I'm going to list the names of the people who, are, who wrote the 3 R's curriculum here, the authors of the 3 R curriculum, which, by the way, the 3 R stands for Rights, Respect, and Responsibility. But the authors are a one Eva S. Goldfarb, Ph.D. professor of public health at Montclair State University. There is also Elizabeth Schroeder, EDD, MSW, is an award-winning educator, trainer, and author in the areas of sexual education, pedology, LGBTQ issues, and working with adolescent boys and using technology and social media to teach young people about sexuality. Also, Brittany McBride, MPH, is the Associate Director of Sex Education at Advocates for Youth. She is responsible for strengthening the effectiveness of sexual health, education, instructional materials, and their delivery while supporting youth-serving organizations and school districts in providing sustainable and equitable 
sex education. Here are some quotes that I'm going to read from these creators. Quote, sexual development is a lifelong process. Infants, children, teens, and adults are sexual beings, unquote. Another quote that is just as alarming is this, quote, just as it is important to enhance a child's physical, emotional, and cognitive growth, so it is important to lay the foundations for a child's sexual growth, adults have a responsibility to help young people accept and develop their evolving sexuality, unquote. Do I need to read that again? I think you might need to pause this and go and press the back 15 to 20 seconds and listen to that again. What are they saying? That the adults have a responsibility to help young people accept and develop their evolving sexuality. Which way is it evolving? Where are they pushing it? This is terrifying that the people who are developing this curriculum have this type of ideology. <laughs> this is very, very disturbing. It teaches youth that sexuality is normal and healthy, especially the way they teach it. Now, if you, you look at it, and now let's go into uh, the kindergarten program. Yeah, social-emotional learning. But they're having same-sex parents, and they're normalizing it. You go back 50 years, that stuff was not acceptable. It is very acceptable now, and it's really frowned upon and could be considered bullying if you have an opinion against it. That's what the, like the bullying lessons that they talk about, it's not so much bullying or someone picking on someone like we would define bullying, but a lot of their bullying is, you don't agree with me, therefore you're against me and you hate me. Such a leftist tactic. This ideology, kids will consent. This ideology is teaching kids to what consent for a sexual experience is. Children, young children. I'm going to play right now a excerpt or a video clip, and I hope you can hear it well, from a middle school student from a Curtis Junior High that I attended back in the 90s. This young lady wanted to testify in front of the state house, but unfortunately she was denied access. But she was allowed to testify in front of the press, and this is her testimony right here. They were not called to testify before the committee, but they were given an opportunity to share their testimony at a press conference following the hearing. I would like to now share their testimonies with you. At Curtis Junior High. Thank you for hearing my concerns on this bill. In sixth grade, our school started the FLASH curriculum. I'll never forget the day our male teacher taught us what intercourse was. That was mortifying. We had to sit and hear very personal things with boys constantly joking about it. It made me feel violated, like I was just an object. Since the sex ed curriculum started, those kinds of things go on all year long. Sexual comments are common. Boys will even grab girls inappropriately, and when they dress, they simply move on to someone else. I want it to stop, but if you say anything, you are made fun of, and no one takes you seriously. This is wrong, but everyone seems to just accept it, and girls suffer in silence. Sexual harassment is being tolerated and actually encouraged by the culture that is fueled by sex being in every day at school. 
girls already have a hard time being respected, and having sex discussed every day just makes it harder. I and many others want to have these sensitive discussions at home with those we trust, not in front of our peers and teachers. Schools should be teaching about safe boundaries, but instead they are crossing them every day. And by the way, opting out is not really an option. Anyone who does that gets teased and bullied even more. This really should be an elective class that you choose to take. Why can't it be that way? In my class, we are learning about our First Amendment rights. I'm supposed to have the right to exercise my religious freedom, yet every day I'm being forced to go against it in order to pass a class. I'm a pastor's daughter. Where are my rights? Where is my right to have safe boundaries? I don't want this mandated on me, and I certainly can't imagine making younger kids go through this. Today, I ask you to guarantee that all kids' voices are heard. Please vote no and give us a real choice, choice to keep our honor. You think about what she just said. This is a young girl who is massively disturbed and traumatized from what she is taught in her school. She should not be having to face these things at school, not only to be taught about them, but to be indoctrinated by them and really to be force-fed an ideology that has a grander agenda. How does Planned Parenthood profit off these curriculums? Because of CSE, the, I'm going to read this quote from the Institute for Research and Evaluation, and this was in the last two years. Evidence of CSE failure in school settings. There was much more evidence of program failure than success for school-based CSE. Failure rates for sustained effects on most productive outcomes range from 76 to 100%. Okay? There was a 94% failure in unprotected sex. Teen pregnancy and STD education had no success whatsoever. Teen abstinence had an 88% failure rate. This thing is a failure on its head because it is arming young people to look at sex like as a pleasurable experience and a consent experience, it gives mechanics about sex without any kind of boundaries or warnings about it. This is dangerous, and this is what is being taught in our schools. And Lori Dills, who is, I mentioned before, they want this integrated through each class. Now, you might ask yourself, well, you know what? I can opt my kid out of the health class. And you know what? You can, but if you listen to this clip right here from Lori Dills, you're going to hear what her plan is to integrate this all throughout the education system. Listen to this clip right now. Well, I think it would be a conference of sex ed that starts in kindergarten uh, that's provided every year and not just once in a standalone class each year, um, as sometimes happens with HIV instruction. It's not enough to provide a video or a, an assembly talking about HIV or consent or any of these topics. It's, it's intensive instruction that really engages youth over a matter of weeks, if not the full year, sort of weaving these conversations into all sorts of content areas. Um, you know, you think about the book Romeo and Juliet. Great opportunity to talk about consent. 
You know, there are all sorts of liter pieces of literature that kids routinely read in school. We could be integrating messages um, that would dovetail nicely with the comprehensive sex ed curriculum. So lots of opportunities. I'd love to see it integrated throughout schools. Um, I'd love to see more youth-directed sex ed where we really um, you know, the focus is healthy relationships, healthy bodies, and pleasure. We, you know, I think as a society, we have a hard time talking about pleasure, certainly in our public school system. Um, I don't think it needs to be the focus, but I think it, it should not be ignored. Um, you know, I think it's, it's part of a comprehensive approach, is just talking about all aspects of our sexuality. Did you hear her talk about pleasure? Did you hear her talk about how she can, she wants to see this type of teaching throughout every class? Yeah, as a parent, you can opt out of the health class, but you can't opt out of the other classes. And if it's taught in history or in English, you heard her mention Romeo and Juliet, which is classic literature to talk about consent, and to talk about all the other things they're trying to push, this is dangerous, and we need to be aware. Now, there were amendments that were rejected on the House floor when this thing was being debated whether it should become law or not that would restrict CSE to only be taught in health class, and they were rejected. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We're at a place where we have to make some noise. And now, not only this, a couple episodes, I talked a little bit about critical race theory. And I talked about some of the racism that's coming. Okay, We're seeing right now our schools right before our very eyes. And there's so much more to this that I, I would, I'm going to put in the show notes a couple of websites for you to go and do your own research. All that I'm saying right now is just a quick brief, very brief overview, just so that you can be a little bit aware and maybe listen to some audio about it. But ladies and gentlemen, this is, uh, this is some disturbing stuff. And if we don't stop it now, this is going to run rampant and run out of control. If you're a parent, you need to be going to your school board meetings, okay? If you are a church leader, we need to be equipping parents to understand about what is being taught in our school systems. This takes a lot of research to do. And I put it on this podcast because I believe so strongly that this is a great platform for people to be educated on what's really going on. And we need to be courageous with the truth. I say it time and time again. And you know, I teach my teenagers this. God is good. God made sex. And sex is good. And the world has perverted it. And it has run out of control. And they have really weaponized it to push an agenda. And you know, maybe one of these weeks I'll go into the LGBTQ agenda and, and some of the things and organizations behind it. I just don't have time for that today. So I apologize that this episode went a little bit long, but I do help hope that this helps you formulate a strong opinion about what is happening, especially in Washington State, what is going on with this curriculum. We need to be aware. We need to stand up against it, and we need to pass this information on. This podcast, I believe, is just, such, is just one of so many more platforms to help 
get the word out. And as parents, you know what? We have a voice to our school boards. We have a voice over our kids' education. They're trying to take away a kid's and a, a parent's right to their kids' education. We cannot let them do that. And if you have your kids in public school, you are the primary voice and you have the primary authority. I don't care what any superintendent, I don't care what any school board member, I don't care what any teacher says. When we stand together, we can see the tide turned and we can see common sense conservative values taught once again in our schools. So that's all the time I have for today. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. Like, subscribe, share this podcast with your friends and family. Let's get the word out and let's continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. My hope and prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your families, for your communities, for your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stance for truth in a world that has completely abandoned it. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. Remember, I am your host, Eric Lundberg. Truth requires courage. <laughs>